Hello and welcome to the New to Canada podcast, the show that shares honest, real-life stories and insider info from internationals living in Canada. I am your host, Kate Malcolm, and I made the big move from England to Canada in 2017 after falling in love with a Canadian. Since then, I've launched the Newcomer Collective, home of this podcast, as well as the New to Canada Academy, the step-by-step online video course that guides you through everything you need to build a new life in Canada that you love. You can learn more at thenewcomercollective.com. Join me on this show as I chat with fellow newcomers and learn all about where they are from in the world, why they chose Canada as their new home, and the lessons they've learnt along the way. It's great to have you. When you move to a new country, your mental health isn't really your first priority. You've got immigration paperwork to complete, accommodation to find, and job searching to do. But expat mental health is a topic that, in my opinion, is not spoken about enough. The biggest lesson I've learned since starting this podcast is that the majority of us struggle and the emotional roller coaster can really take us by surprise as we rebuild our lives in a new place. Insecurity, loneliness, shame, guilt, regret, these are just some of the emotions that many of us face. So for this episode, I'm joined by a very special guest, Gabriella, a licensed psychologist with over 20 years of experience helping over 400 expats find happiness after their big move. The main source of homesickness is disconnection. Yes, of course, you you miss that candy bar, you miss your mom's food, or you miss that place. Yes, right? But within, like, deep digging deeper, you realize that, okay, I miss the connection. I miss knowing things. I miss knowing where I am. I miss people that know me by my name and my, and I don't know, my, my nickname, and they know me the, my whole life. That's what I miss, and not the place. And it is possible to create new connections and you don't need years and years to have the same level of intimacy that you have with your friends back home. But for that, we need to, again, know what is causing that loneliness or that homesickness. Together, we chat about the different emotional stages of settling in that you can expect after your move, the most common challenges that Gabriella sees her expat clients face and how to work through them. And we finish off with some deep thoughts on homesickness and culture shock. Let's start the show. Hi, Gabriella. So good to see you. Hey, nice to see you again, Kate. I'm very excited to be here today. So excited. How how are things in sunny Spain? I guess, oh, I was going to say the sun's gone down there, but it's just still bright, I guess, because it's the summer. So <laughs> It's, and no, actually it's a storm is coming. So there is no sun, but it's very, very warm. I would say it's like 30, 31 and mm. very humid. So that's why we, mm. but, but it's very cloudy right now. So I, I think hopefully we will have enough time, but right after the storm is, is going to hit definitely. It's very weird and wild, the weather here right now. Yeah. yeah. I remember when I lived in the south of France that there were the storms there, even in the south of France, were just crazy. I've never heard thunder and the lightning and the rain coming down. It is, it is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're very loud. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you from originally and how long have you lived in Spain? Uh, yeah, I'm from Chile originally and I moved to Austria in 2010. And after almost eight years, uh, we decided to move to Spain because a lot of things, but the main thing is the weather and the ocean, the sea. Oh, I yes. was born in a, in a, in Valparaiso and that's near the sea. And I really, really miss the ocean. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's why we are, we were, we are here now. 
I'm the same. I was, well, I wasn't born near the, the ocean in England, but I went to university mm-hmm. um, on the seaside in Bournemouth because, yeah, I was the same. I, for some reason, I'm just drawn to to the sound of the waves and being on the water and it's so calming. And yeah. that's why we ended up being on the lakefront here in Canada. Um, mm-hmm. We're not there anymore. It's so sad, but hopefully one day we'll get back. Because, yeah, something so, so nice about being by the water. It's such a nice way of, way of life, yeah. much more slow paced and calm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And they have the Danube in Vienna, but it's not definitely not the same. No. So how was the tr- the transition from Chile to Spain? Uh, I thought it would be easier here because in Spain we speak the same language, uh, Spanish. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I mean, it is it is the same language. I'm sure that it's the same with you. It is the same language, but it's not the same language. Yeah. Right? right. Like the expressions are different. The, the intonation of the of the of some words are different. And so, so it's it's another kind of challenge. Mm. But it is transition is always uh, challenging. It doesn't matter if you speak the same language or not. A hundred percent. Yeah. Because I always feel that there's that guilt that comes like kind of shame almost because you mm. think, well, I have it so easy. I moved from the UK to Canada. All the language is exactly the same and they listen to the same music and watch the same movies. You know, why do I have culture shock? Why am I struggling so much? Like I need to just get over it. What is wrong with me? <laughs> so there's a whole emotional level to that, isn't there? Where it's like, why I, why I shouldn't be complaining. Yeah. It's very strange. Oh, oh, don't get me started <laughs> with I shouldn't and, and the guilt and the shame of, of that. Yeah. It's, it's the, all the layers that the mental challenges, the mental health challenges that we experience are uh, exacerbated by this guilt and shame because we should we are not supposed to feel this way whatever that is anxious sad homesick lonely no because we are living the perfect life we are living in another country hopefully we move for love or for a better job so why should we complain right but the list is really really long (laughs) of things that are really challenging yeah yeah, exactly. And the the big thing is as well is that you just you just said mm. so many emotions. There's so many more as well, but there there are so many things that we experience, and it's it's not widely available the information and the stories and the experiences. You know, more and more people like yourself, mm-hmm. like myself, we're coming forward and sharing the honest side of moving abroad. But it's still very few and far between. You go on Instagram and it's just that perfect life, and yeah. uh, everyone's so happy and, and adventurous and having the best time so that that exasperates it as well I feel like so the more we can connect with each other and share an honest you know stories that we've experienced and and the the biggest thing that's come from doing this podcast I'll say it again and again sorry (laughs) listeners you hear it all the time but the biggest thing I've learned from this show is that we all experience such similar things over and over again like our experiences of these you know mental challenges uh, we all go through it at some point you know, whether it's a small scale or a large scale, it's, it's such a shared experience. So it's crazy to me that not more people are sharing it. So mm-hmm. yeah, thank you so much for being here. You know, not, you know, despite not being an immigrant to Canada yourself, I followed you on Instagram for many years now. And I knew I had to get you on this show, the new to Canada podcast, you know, you're an expert in the field of expat mental health, mm-hmm. how to look after our mindset, mental wellness after moving to a new country. Uh, but not only that, yeah, you're a licensed psychologist. So 20 years of experience, mm-hmm. you know, we've discussed already, you're an expat yourself as well. So you've lived and worked in, in three new countries, two new languages. So yeah, 
yeah, I was really excited to get you on. We can really dive deep into your expertise and 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 what you can offer on this topic because I've talked my lips blue on the subject. So I thought I'd bring in someone else <laughs> and to uh, to bring the professional side to it. So thanks for being here. <laughs> yeah, I'm very very happy to be here and dig deep in the into the shadow side yes. the, of of the expat life. As you said, it, no enough people are talking about it, and that. The repercussions, the repercussions of that is shame, guilt, and I shouldn't, or I, I, I'm not supposed to feel like this. So yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah. So <laughs> let's chat first a bit about the work that you do. So you offer online psychologist counseling, mentoring for international women. So mm-hmm. chat us through a little bit about that. Uh, how many expats have you worked with and helped now? Oh, okay. Uh, I stopped counting with 400 last year, wow. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I should be around four, 450-ish people around the world. Amazing. Yeah. And I like to think then that that's 400 people that you've stopped potentially moving home and, and throwing away that dream of theirs as well, which is a huge, huge, important work. Because I know that if this can get really bad, then people just think, well, I'm the only one struggling. I'm throwing it back in the in the, ta- the towel in or whatever mm-hmm. the saying is. And I'm just moving home because it's not working out. But the reality is everyone's going through that struggle and, you know, you just need the help and the support and, mm-hmm. and your dream can happen. You know, you've dreamed to come and move move to that country and you just need the extra support. So that's so incredible. Wow, 400. Yeah. What work do you specifically like to do with your clients? Like, What do you want your clients to achieve when they first connect with you? Oh, okay. First of all, that they are not, they are not alone, as you mentioned before. That is completely normal. Whatever they're feeling is there for a reason. And the, the, those are signs that something needs to be done, nothing, not, uh, something needs to change. And that they have the space within, within my counseling to feel whatever they feel and to action, to, to take action, to, uh, experience those emotions, to listening to them, to uh, identify the need or the needs behind those emotions and what to do about it, right? Because sometimes it's so hard to clarify your thoughts and your emotions because it's a mess. It is completely tangled. And so I help them to untangle what is going on and then uh, action steps. So, okay, we, we tackle this first and then we tackle that and then we move forward. That That's so important that they feel because uh, stagnation is also very, very big within my clients, the, the, this feeling of, 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 of being stuck in the country, right? So the, mm. the most important thing is that they feel that they are doing something and that they are moving forward, moving towards the person they want to be. Even if it's little tiny baby steps, it doesn't matter as long as they, they are acting, you know? So that's, that's the main focus at the beginning. And then uh, setting goals and identifying the feelings and tackling homesickness, anxiety, loneliness, and all the challenges that we experience. Yeah, I guess it's like just just regaining that control because that's what you lose, right? When you yeah. move away from familiarity and all of your comforts and that sense of home and all your support network around you. So, yeah, I think none of us are really prepared for that complete loss of control on your life and you know, it's weird because it's your choice. You've chosen to move somewhere new 
so then it's like well why you know I can't now just struggle and go mm-hmm. through all of these things but it's mm-hmm. it's natural you've lost that control and that that comfort around you and yeah you can feel really helpless with that so yeah it's great to connect with other people and, and professionals like yourself it's um, mm-hmm. lots to unpack for sure a lot just suddenly can can dump on you and um, yeah clarity that's a great keyword you know that yeah. is a huge challenge journaling and all of that you know sounds great it's like well how do I do that how do I even tap into all of this that's going on in my head you know it's such a huge task so yeah 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 and and you mentioned this and I think it's very important for your audience to hear that again and again and again it doesn't matter how broken record we sound (laughs) um that this guilt and this shame uh, is completely normal you know, because the more we fight our emotions, and that's also something that I repeat and over again and again and again, we fight our emotions, we try to hide them, we try to uh, not to feel them, and that only makes it worse, you know? So connecting with the shame, where is the source of the shame? What is making me feel ashamed? Why do I feel this way? Is the most important part. If we ignore the shame or if we ignore uh, whatever quote-unquote negative feelings we're feeling that's the source of information that will help us to move on if we ignore them we are going to be stuck Mm. so it is important to pay attention to that as uncomfortable as it sounds it is the only only with capital o way to heal sustainably yeah you know and that's that's very very important and it and yeah it's a real challenge to to prioritize it at all because you know there's so many different Mm. other areas that come into play when you move to a new country oh I need to get my kids into school I need to buy a house I need to you know do all of the logistical things and that's way more important than writing in a journal about how I feel like la 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 but you know that's it's it's just another part of it you know if you're familiar with the academy that I run I've got the new to Canada academy and it's split into five areas you know you've got the pre-arrival the the uh, logistics of when you come, then Mm -hmm. you've got networking and then you've got the emotional tools that you need. So it is split into all these areas and they need to be, you need to focus on all the areas of moving abroad and your emotional state is one of the huge key areas that I think a lot of people just, just put to the side Mm -hmm. as not as, as important, but yeah, I think it's probably like the most important, you know, that base, that stability in your own mind for it to be, to be a success in the long run anyway. Right. If you want to solve the problems, you need a mental stability. If you want to um, prioritize your kids and their transition, you ha- you need mental stability. You are the most important person. If you are not okay, your family will not in the long run be okay and your bureaucracy will not be okay and the logistics yes. will not be okay or as okay as you want. So yeah, I definitely prioritizing our emotional state or mental state is the key. Yeah, absolutely. So with the work that you do, then maybe you can have some insight for us in into the different stages of, of the settling in process. You know, you land in a new country. Mm. What can we expect emotionally when we land? You know, that, that, that can be a real source of, of, you know, the fear of the unknown. If you've got the plane tickets booked and you've got your immigration paperwork lined up, a lot of people come to me and they say, oh, I'm just really nervous now. It's something I want yeah. and I've wanted for a long time and now it's happening. And now I'm just 
oh, like you just don't know what's around the corner. So what mm-hmm. can we expect when we move? Um, what are the different stages that we, I think, you know, just knowing what to expect is a huge thing. So yeah, yeah. Uh, there is a very, very popular model of culture shock, like the stages, the honeymoon uh-huh. and, and the denial and the adaptation. I, I mean, it is okay. It is a model and it explains things, but also it can be very confusing because the honeymoon stage sometimes doesn't exist at the beginning. And, and we experience it maybe six months later because the coming in is so hectic and it's so confusing and it's so complicated from the beginning that we are expecting the honeymoon and it's not happening. So we get frustrated. And apart from all the, the other things, we get frustrated and we jump into the, I shouldn't feel like this. I'm not supposed to feel like this. I'm supposed to, to be in the honeymoon stage, mm. right? So that's, that's a disclaimer, a very important one. Um, well, you get, uh, excited. You get happy. You are curious. You are discovering things and, and you are uh, tasting the food and, um, scenting the smells and the, and the, and the, I don't know, all the new things that you're experiencing. And that's lovely. Uh, but then, you start to realize that if you don't speak the language, that is more complicated without the language. If you move because of your uh, partner, because they are, they are the ones who have the job, you have to uh, arrange everything else. And then at some point you start to realize, okay, my career and all the things that I invested in my country here are not existent, or I have to start from zero or not from zero, but from very low to networking as, as you, as you mentioned in your academy or to meet people or to apply for jobs. And all of that leads us to frustration. And, um, another thing that's also very important. Sorry, I'm jumping, but I have so many ideas. Uh, <laughs> dependency, dependency, the dependency that we develop. Not only financial, financial is also important, but it's the less important of the dependencies because you have the emotional one and the social one that the the emotional one is you're waiting. If you move for, because of your partner, you're waiting for them, him, her to come home to start your life Mm -hmm. because before he or she comes home, usually you are completely locked at home because you don't, you don't dare to go shopping or because you are going to get lost or because you don't manage the language or whatever reason, right? So that dependency that we develop is also very, very common, more common than we, than we expect. And the social, because our partner's friends or partner's family become our family or friends, yes. right? But what about our own tribe or own, com- own community or own friends? Mm-hmm. Right. So that's also very important to, to have in mind because that leads us again to the black hole of I'm not supposed to feel like this. So that's important to bear in mind. Yeah, that's that's so interesting because there's so many layers to when you come as a couple, whether you're because it's it, it can differ whether you're coming together as a couple, mm-hmm. but it's for a reason. Like you mentioned, it's your your husband's work, for example, or in my case, I moved to Canada because my husband's Canadian and we joined his life. So both of those situations can can lead to resentment. Right. Mm-hmm. I I could really feel myself getting a little bit resentful towards him like well he gets mm-hmm. his whole life and now I just have to be 
completely uprooted and join his how, well, how easy for him right he's got his family and his friends and everything's great for him and now I just have to like slot into everything and mm-hmm. so true what you said about how all my friends are his friends all my family is his family I need to go out and start finding my own people and that might s- s- just feel really weird well why because these these people are great but you yeah. know you do need that you need that independence and that takes time too so it's so so interesting how all these things come up that you know there's no way you can prepare for for feeling these things you don't know until you feel them so yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and i i talk a lot about the vulnerability of living abroad we are especially vulnerable to those to those um challenges right because again we are usually very, very high achievers and very intelligent. And we have our careers, our development back home, right? And being there in the new position, in a new country, in the new stage of our lives, uh, usually is described by my clients as feeling like a toddler, like a child. Yes. Like I need to have friends, right? Or <laughs> I need to speak the language or I need to manage to go to the supermarket and not get confused about what to, I have to buy, right? Things like that are so obvious and we don't even think about them. They turn into Mount Everest, right? Uh-huh. So that, that that's also, ve- that also very common. It's a very common phenomenon. And also another thing is that we demand from ourselves completely unrealistic things. For example, I when I arrived to, to Vienna, I said, oh, I, I speak English, so I should, in six months, I'm surely fluent in Germany, in German. <laughs> yeah. And after two years, after two years, I started to feel comfortable uh-huh. with the language. But being, as I said before, a high achiever and all the things that I, I had in my country, I was sure that I could do it in six months. And when I didn't do it, that led to anxiety, frustration, and why did I move here? And, and what am I doing here? And I speak like a caveman when I speak. I don't, I'm not like this. I don't, I can't express my ideas. I can't express how I feel without sounding the, the, uh, 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 you know? And that's also very, very frustrating. Yeah. And it filters through everything. Then you can't, you can't create those connections that you really, really, really want. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're not yourself. You can't tell the jokes you want to tell. You can't bond with the people the same way if it yeah. was in your native language. So yeah, I remember when I moved to France, I was only 13, but even when I was 13, I struggled so much making friends because mm-hmm. you're just not yourself. You can't. Yeah. That's hard. Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and why do we do that? Tell us, please, why do we do this? Because I say this all the time. It's great to it's great to just list all of these things out, like, oh, we feel this, we do this to ourselves. Go, but but why do our brains put that much pressure on ourselves? You know, we've moved to a whole new country, whole new language, uprooted our entire lives, starting everything from scratch. Yep. There's a huge life transition and massive thing that we've just put ourselves through. And yet, after six months, if we haven't got our dream career built or like, you know, found our <laughs> husband, or you know all these things it's nuts to me and we all do it why (laughs) oh my god that's a very good question (laughs) we're broken (laughs) well part part of it that's one of the reasons no but seriously that our brain is uh, a very effective machine to solve problems and to solve problems but not in the way that we should we should or we want it to do it the, the, the shortest neuropaths, or the shortest way to solve the problem, 
right? Bear with me. So when we do the same things over and over again, when we put unrealistic goals on, uh, on ourselves, our brain manages to get there in the shortest way. And that's outrageous as it sounds and as paradoxical as it sounds. It has to do a lot with self-sabotage. And to put you in a, in, in a mode of, oh, I'm not going to do it. No, this is too much. No, I can't, I can't, or I won't, or I, I'm not going to be able to because our brain is preserving us, you know, is taking us to the, okay, no, no, don't do it. You can't. So please do something else. I, I, I can't work. I don't want to work. Right. So that's the self sabotage. And what do we do with the self sabotage? We, um, expand it to all of the areas in our lives. When we are in this vicious cycle, we start to think, no, no, I'm not doing this. I can't. And we go to the, I have to go back. I was better in my country. I'm, I, you know, I can't integrate. I can't make friends. I, you know, all, all, all the, all the challenges without facing them. All this blah, blah to tell you that the, that's the reason, but we can actually tackle our brain starting with acknowledging how we feel. And that sounds so obvious, right? But it's not because if we ignore that those feelings because we are not supposed to, we feed our brain into the self-sabotage, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? Yes. It's like self-preservation. Like our brain is trying to pick the easiest route, right? Yeah. It's thinking, no, like you said, it's easier back at home. This isn't going to work out. I shouldn't have done it. Yeah. All of those thoughts when really, you know, everything you're feeling is normal. So you're, you're self-sabotaging yourself by, yeah. by trying, yeah, by self preserving trying to go towards the easier route because it's hard and you know you want to you kind of recoil from things that are hard and things that are uncomfortable yeah. none of us want to be uncomfortable yeah. or scared um so yeah that's a natural natural reaction of the negative feelings yeah so okay coming back to your question what do we do first acknowledging second talk about it <laughs> yes. and stop the cycle of, oh, everything's fine. Everything's great. My life is perfect. Instagram snapshots, right? Mm -hmm. Talk about it with whom? You don't have to publish it in Instagram. I mean, not, not like we do, mm -hmm. right? But you can talk about it with your friends back home, with new people, with your partner, with a psychologist, with someone who has uh, been through it with like kind of a mentor or, or, or an, an older or a wiser expat that already went through that path, right? Because the loneliness, the, the isolation that uh, induces all those, that all those feelings, in, feelings induce is a killer. Yeah. And it can really drive you back to, to the, to the, this decision of coming back home. Also very important. If you ask me what to do, I can give you 300 uh, solutions. But the, but the, one of the most important ones is not to deny what you're feeling to your people, to the people back home. Yeah. Because that's associated with guilt, right? No, I can't complain because they are struggling mm -hmm. financially, for example. So I'm having the life here in Canada, here in Vienna, here in Spain. I can't complain, right? So I create an image that everything's fine. And what the effect, sorry, that that has is that it isolates us 
from those people, the people that know us, the people that can support us from, from afar, the people that the, the connections that we haven't created yet in the new country. Right. So that's also mm -hmm. self-sabotaging. So instead of hiding it, talk to them, talk your, uh, talk about your struggles and tell them how you feel that creates connection instead of isolation. Yeah. And that's very real. Even when, you know, I'm, just, I'm moving from England to Canada. So, you know, some, a lot of people, what they go through is that they're, they've left their family and that was their choice. And then maybe their family didn't mm -hmm. really understand their decision. Like, well, why are you leaving England to go to Canada? You're leaving us, you're taking our grandkids, for example. And mm -hmm. then you're going to, yeah, you're going to complain about it too. And, and just, that was your decision. So just come home. You know, a lot of people will say that their parents will just say, well, they'll just tell me to come home and I don't want to come mm -hmm. home. I hate it here, but mm -hmm. I don't want to leave. So it's so, it's so confusing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not necessarily. And that, that's a very important point that you, that you uh, make, uh, Kate, not necessarily your parents. You don't have to talk to them. You don't have to talk to mm -hmm. the people that are saying those things, but I'm sure that you have your friends. Uh, you put yourself as an example that, understand why you move and they didn't tell you things like that and you can rely on them right you don't have to talk you have to choose wisely with whom you talk to but don't isolate yourself you know there's there is a line between talking to everyone and mm. hear a lot of uh, guilt bombs yes because that's also self-preservation we don't want you to do that but yes connect with that friend or those friends that supported you from the beginning and talk to them and tell them your struggles Yeah. And then, like you mentioned as well, find people that are going through the exact same journey as you, people in the country you've moved to that aren't from that country. You know, a great thing about Canada is that they it's so multicultural here. There are so many immigrants from all over the world that move to Canada. And yeah, you'll be able to find people from your native country that live in Canada or from, you know, a different country. And that mm -hmm. made a huge difference to me. You know, my first two, three years here, I, I had an Australian friend and that would be our thing we would just rant about Canada complain about Canada you know all the different things that we hated about the country we love it here you know we chose to move here and we love it but it was so useful to just have that one friend to just connect with and say oh why yeah. do they do it this way and oh why is it so hard and to have that connection with someone that knows exactly how you feel as well because people back yeah. home won't won't necessarily understand what you're going through no. but someone that's no. in In, in it with you really well so um yeah that's really cool too yeah I want to touch on the acknowledging side of it because okay. as we mentioned earlier that can be a real challenge to tap into uh, what am I even feeling I'm I know I'm sad but you know mm -hmm. what 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 does that mean and and how can you know I don't even know what to do about it right well That's where, uh, uh, <laughs> that's the main thing that I do at the beginning of my counseling, untangling, uh, as, mm. as I said, untangling the, the emotions and identifying them and put names on them and uh, identify the source, uh, what is triggering that and what do you need to change yeah. the source, right? What are the changes that you need to do? And that's, uh, it's very individual. Uh, it's, it's not, uh, I, I can't give you like, okay, if you're feeling this, it's because of this and this. But if you have the, the possibilities, I mean, counseling might be, uh, um, challenging financially, but there are a lot of, like your community, for example, there are a lot of resources that you can, 
uh, go to. I mean, I have resources in my in my website. A lot of expat coaches have free resources on their websites where they can actually people start uh, acknowledging how they feel. But I cannot lie, is it's uh, it's work to be done, and it's also very brave, mm. and you need courage to do that because facing your darkest. Fears and your shadow sides are is challenging, but you have to go through that so that you can have the life that you want and need and deserve and the control that you were mentioning before. Yeah. If you feel like you don't have any control, it's difficult, as obvious as it sounds, to take control, take the reins of your life. If you start having the sense of control in little things that expands to other areas and you can improve and move on and move forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because that is something that you actively have to do, which is so can be so strange. You have to think, right, I'm, I'm actually going to sit myself down and think, okay, so mm -hmm. am I lonely? Do I need to meet new people? Or, you know, mm -hmm. am I feeling really homesick and should I book a flight home? Or, you know, you have to unpack and, and take that time. And that is work, like you said. So that's that's su such a learning curve that I know I had to go through where it's not just, you know, oh, I know what I'm feeling yeah. and I know what to do about it. You have to you have to take the time because so much is going on. Like we said, there are so many moving parts to your new life now. And even just like a five minute moment where you sit down and you kind of check in on yourself. That's so important yeah. to, to just, you owe it to yourself. Give yourself that time to check in. How am I feeling? What could I need to, to feel better right now? You know, is it a flight home to look forward to? Is it a dinner date with my new expat friend? You know, you need to take these small steps to to improve on on things that you need in your life but you don't know what you need until you have that self-reflection time so yeah yeah and you know as as your example uh, so many people come and, and it happened to me as well loneliness oh i have to make new friends that's mm. the antidote to loneliness <laughs> and that's very dangerous kate that's i hope that sounds came through <laughs> because it's 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 tricky it might be the solution, but you might be patching things that are the source of your loneliness that don't have to do with making new friends, mm. right? We all carry baggage when we move, right? And, and, and that's also very important to bear in mind. Also, oh, I'm homesick, so I book a flight and that will uh, relief, uh, make me, make me feel better or whatever. Sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes because we are neglecting taking a deep look into your, ourselves and what is causing, causing, sorry, the homesickness, coming back home can lead to other conflicts and other things. And it may, it might be, and it's usually more confusing than clarifying. Mm -hmm. Right. So again, underlying the, Go to your, to the source. What is triggering this loneliness? What is happening to me that is the, uh, leading to that loneliness, to that homesickness, to that, to that frustration, whatever quote unquote again, negative feelings I'm feeling. Yeah. And yeah, that is so interesting because. Yeah, you think homesickness. Okay, great. I miss home. Let's just go home. But you're not, you're not missing the place. I always say this. It's that feeling of home 
that you're missing. It's not the place. We could find home anywhere. You can build that feeling of home for yourself anywhere. You can build that feeling of home in multiple places. I say this all the time. We can all have more than one home and you don't have to feel guilty about it. Yes, I love England and yes, I love Canada equally. And I could easily live in either one of those countries. I love them both dearly. And, you know, that's great. So Mm -hmm. what, yeah, what are you actually missing? That's, yeah, that's so interesting. What can you replicate from home that you're missing? So you don't have to fly home. You know, do you miss the food? Okay, great. Cook, cook food in Canada that you miss, you know, things like that. So, um, yeah, yeah, it can be more complicated than the simple instant fix that your brain throws out, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. I'm, I'm like, remembering many, many conversations with clients. And the main source of homesickness is disconnection. Right, yeah. It's that, that they don't feel connected. Mm. And it, it, yes, of course, you, you miss that candy bar, you miss your mom's <laughs> food, or you miss that place. Yes, right? But within, like deep digging deeper, you realize that, okay, I miss the connection. I miss knowing things. I miss knowing where I am. I miss people that know me by my name and my, and I don't know, my, my nickname and they know me the, my whole life. That's what I miss and not the place. And the, it is possible to create new connections and you don't need years and years to have the same level of intimacy that you have with your friends back home. Right. But for that, we need to, again, know what is causing that loneliness or that homesickness. Yeah, because my next question, or I've got it written down here is, you know, homesick remedies. And again, this is kind of counterproductive to what we were just saying, right? Okay, you can do this, do this, do this. So it's a bit more complicated than just offering homesick remedies or culture shock remedies. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I understand and and it's important, but uh, uh, there are so many uh, like one, two, three recipes and that you can find like, and, and, and I... I think they are important to have a snapshot or to have an idea, but it's also very dangerous because if you do that and it doesn't work, oh, of course there is something wrong with me because I read the one, two trees, right? Mm-hmm. And I read the tips. And if it, if it's still, I'm still homesick, I'm still lowly. Ah, that's me. Yeah. And that leads to shame and to guilt. That's the danger of having those models and those lists to to compare yourself to. Yeah, there's never one yeah. one size fits all with this kind of stuff. No, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, that's why it's so important. We talk about it ad nauseum, right? Like, like you do, like I do, and, and and it's super important that we do that. So I guess the the biggest thing then really is to yeah to acknowledge what you're going through. Everyone's journey is going to be unique, and, and your path to happiness quote unquote there is no real destination of happiness mm-hmm. but your your kind of route to to finding home um may maybe a lot different maybe a lot slower maybe a lot quicker than others so yeah bear that in mind and give yourself grace but um mm-hmm. yeah i guess to acknowledge that and then the next step is to like you mentioned with people that you work with you then move on to talking about a strategy you know what can you do what what goals can you set and they can be little small steps Mm -hmm. or big leaps um yeah what what does that look like I don't know it could be it's so personal to everyone but yeah yeah it's but but again it's important that you get as you said as you mentioned at the beginning and that's so important the sense of control because that gives us motivation to move forward if you don't have motivation it's more difficult so Doing things, doing, doing, doing. If I feel homesick, should I do this? Should I do that? Not only thinking, journaling your feelings. Yes, that's important and that's okay. But behaving, acting, doing things so that you can see the results 
and get motivated and move forward. That's, 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 that I can tell you that's 100% the way to go. Do things and, 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 and be very aware of what you're feeling. Ah, and also universal, I would say self-compassion. Yes. Be kind to yourself. Be lovely to yourself. Be loving to yourself. Because if we don't do that, especially in our situation of vulnerability, it's even more complicated to get to get through it or to, to, to thrive in a new country. Yeah. And and it's a loss. It's it's loss that you're dealing with at the end of the day as well. You know, it's it's loss. You've lost a lot. Loss and grief. Yeah. Loss and grief. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we are so freaking courageous and brave yes. for doing what we do. We never we, we don't have to please don't forget that. That's that's the, the baseline. Yeah. We dare to move to a different country. Come on. Yeah. Who does that? We think that's uh, obvious, right? Like, okay, I moved to a different country, right? Now I should do this and this and this and this and this. But hey, you moved to a freaking different country. That that's no, that's that's another level. And we forget how many people do it. Not many in the world. Like I, I, I was uh, researching for our workshop, and and I realized that in between, like people who, that are staying longer than than one year in a country are within. Uh, the range of twen- um, uh, 10 and 15 percent yeah. of the whole population, 10 to 15 percent, one year, one year mm-hmm. with within five years, it was like six to eight percent. So not many people do what we do. We are brave. We are badass. I get very passionate because, <laughs> yeah, we are freaking badasses. We never, we, we should never forget that. No. That's the baseline. And then <laughs> we start to learn the language and, and making friends and all of that that yeah. we need to do. And mm-hmm. that that progress tracking that you you touched on just then as well is key. And that's why, mm. you know, journaling again can put people off because you think it's like, oh, you know, I have to like, you know, dive deep into what am I going to do? And if I was a rabbit in a field or whatever, <laughs> yeah. it's not like that in my mind. I just think, no, I'm just going to write down a memory from this month that I'm proud of or some fun thing that I mm-hmm. did. Um, and then it was from that that I found this old kind of homesick scribble that I'd done from the year previous. Mm-hmm. And I read it and I didn't recognize that person that had written that. I I written down, you know, I can't imagine my life here. I wish, you know, do I just go home at this point? You know, what when is enough enough? And I should just go back mm-hmm. kind of thing. And then that year later, I was sitting there reading that and I was engaged and I'd got this job that I'd loved and everything had kind of fallen into place. I know that sounds, you know, whoopy doopy, like, oh, everything was perfect. It wasn't, but it was so mm. much better than what it was like for the girl that had written that note. So even just doing that, mm. just take the time to write down where you're at or write down some memories of things you're doing. That's why I created my journal. I've got um, available on my website because you can write down memories for each month and then you circle back and do the same thing again. And you can see what you were doing last year and you can see the progress mm-hmm. that you're making abroad. Um, such a great tool, but you don't need it. You can just use a piece of paper. So um, that is so important as well to just appreciate mm-hmm. what you're achieving. You're amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I second that. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much, Gabriella. I love these chats. I could chat for hours and hours on this topic, but it's just going to yes. go around in circles, right? You know, you just got to remember how amazing you are. You're going to get there. Everyone goes through it and you'll get there. It's all going to get better in time. <laughs> Yeah. And talk about it. Express it. Express, express, express. Don't keep it to yourself because that's poison in the long run. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you so, so much for listening. It would mean the world to me if you could leave the show a quick review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening from. And if you're loving the show so far, recommend us to your friends. Spread word and help us grow this exciting community. Until next time. Bye.